let's start this episode with self-reflection because all the answers do lie within you a lot of times we just don't do that self-reflection we don't ask these questions to ourselves. we don't give us that time in our space to get the answers all the answers are within us so what is something in your life it can be a situation or a person or people what is something in your life that you try to control it could be big or small and it could be many things all of us have control issues all of us have ways in which we try to control people or situations and it's because there's a great big bad fear that we don't want to happen so what is your worst fear about the situation or person that you can think of what are all the worst things that could happen if you don't control this person or this situation so the truth is that we try to control people or situations to try to prevent our fears from happening. The fears that are fed to us from our ego that are usually all lies. And then often we take action from these lies our ego feeds to us. And then we try to control, which means we are literally a slave to our ego because it tells us these fears. And then we try to control the situation of the person to prevent the fear. And all of this is done in fear. We are then living our life in fear. And this is what I keep making podcasts about because once you can see how prevalent fear is, you can't unsee it. I see it everywhere. I'm just sitting here observing all human behavior, my human behavior, and it's all, not all, 99% of it is rooted in fear, which is why I keep talking about it. Because I hear people say like, I don't live my life in fear. And a lot of times it's like wrapped up with the pandemic and they say, I don't, I don't live my life in fear. But then when you actually look at your human behavior, if you try to control situations or people that is done out of fear, Like none of us are immune to this. We all have control issues. A really, really common control issue is people-pleasing. Because what people-pleasing is, is you are trying to control someone else's perception of you. You are people-pleasing to them so that they think a certain way about you, so that they think you are good, so that they think you are amazing and gracious and all these amazing things people pleasing is done to control how people perceive you in fear of them perceiving you as bad defective wrong a bad person selfish not giving people pleasing is rooted in fear Or you try to people please just so they don't judge you bad. You're just trying to craft how someone looks at you and how they judge you or 
I mean, judging can be done in a good way. You know, you can judge someone as very attractive. When I say judge, it's not a bad thing. And all of us judge. That's just, we literally need to judge in order to make decisions. It's not inherently bad. But okay, so why do we control? We control because we have a deep fear and we are trying to prevent the fear from happening. As if we can control all the bad things that happen in our life. But the ego tells us, obviously obviously this is all ego-based, this is all our human mind, because our soul doesn't fear anything. So the ego makes you think you can control everything in your life so that bad things don't happen and so these fears don't come to fruition. But the truth is, is that it tries to tell you these things because it's just trying to make you feel safe. Because what is the opposite of control? I think the opposite of control is full surrender and full trust. But how does that feel to the ego? If I asked you to think of the situation or the person you control when I started this episode, when I ask you, what would surrender look like? How could you surrender that situation? How could you surrender and trust that everything will be all right? It will all be okay. Feel how your ego, your mind, how, how does it feel when, it, when you try to just think about surrendering it? It feels like it's drowning and it's grasping up for air. It doesn't want to let go. It doesn't want to let go because surrendering means that you don't know how it's going to end up and you don't know what's going to happen. And so it's an unknown. And the ego never, ever, ever wants to sit in the unknown. The unknown is so unsafe to your mind. It always needs to know, wants to know. The ego never wants to loosen its reins. It wants control so deeply. It does not want you to surrender because in surrender is a huge question mark. It's a huge unknown. But if you sat with yourself and you sat in silence and you accessed your soul, you accessed the inner wisdom in you and you felt surrender and you tried on this new feeling of surrender your soul will tell you it will all be okay that is your inner wisdom and if you gave yourself this time this quiet solitude to seek that inner wisdom that's what it will tell you with 100 percent certainty everything's gonna be okay but all of us know how to control so well we've had so much practice We know how to control. We have a PhD in controlling. (laughs) That is most of us. So let's talk about some examples of controlling. Like we all know what it looks like, but let's just spell it out for a few. So people pleasing was one. That's probably the most common. And people don't recognize it as a control issue. But another example that's kind of like people pleasing is I have a friend that is kind of dating her crush 
and things have been so great. But then they got into their first fight and she knows she did nothing wrong. And she knows the thing they're fighting over. It was something that she was so proud of and he misconstrued it and miscommunicated it like so wildly different to what her truth is and what the truth of the situation is I mean he's going to have his truth but she was she had a moment of like self-growth she was so proud of herself and he misconstrued it in a very bad way so now he thinks negatively towards her in in a way And obviously, it's so bothersome when your crush thinks negatively on you. And so she's feeling her need to control the situation and make him see her truth, her way, her perspective. She needs to control. She wants to she wants to like reach out and have the olive branch. But and then all of olive branch can look like, oh, that's such a great thing you're doing resolution, you're doing repair, and yeah, most of the time it is. But the olive branch can also be a way to try to manipulate and control your truth onto another person. Like, no, this is what happened. I'm not a bad person. See it my way. And you can't just sit in your truth and be okay with your truth that you didn't do anything wrong and you stand by your actions and you have enough self-respect to know that what you think is enough. You don't need to control your crush's perception of you. And that's so hard. It's so hard. She had such a hard time, but she has so much self-awareness that she was aware of all of this. Like, so I asked her, what would, have your, what would your past self would have done in this situation? And she said, I would have one million times already have reached out and tried to like patch things over and like apologize and like take the blame. And then that's like abandoning yourself. That's people pleasing just so that they think a little better of you. But she is in so much growth right now because because she didn't abandon herself and try to people please and try to control how he perceives her. It's just so hard for us to know that someone thinks badly or lower of us. When, why, why do we care? Why is how we think about ourselves not enough? I mean, that's a whole other conversation But I know that's what my friend is sitting in. She's sitting in knowing he is thinking badly of her. But she knows she was not and she is not that. And that has to be enough. And that is the work. So obviously, a very obvious way of controlling is trying to control your partner. And obviously, there's very abusive and unhealthy ways of of trying to control your partner like trying to control who they're friends with, trying to control how they spend money, trying to control if they work or not. You know, a lot of these are obviously narcissistic uh, personality examples where it's very intense, where you try to control 
your partner's friends because you want to control who they're influenced by or not. That's obviously very, very unhealthy. But it could also be done at such a low level. I think most of us have experienced the need or the want to tweak our partner, to try to change them, to try to control them. And sometimes it's the stupidest shit. I have a friend that told me that when her husband is cooking dinner, which, you know, by the way, some wives would be like, oh my gosh, your husband cooks dinner? Like, you should be happy. But when he's cooking dinner, because, I mean, we... Our ego always finds ways to control and nitpick and criticize our partner for deeper reasons. Like we're very unhappy with ourselves. So then we criticize our partner. That's a whole other podcast episode. But my friend said when her husband's cooking dinner, he always puts the hand towel on his shoulder. And then when she goes to dry or wash her hands and then dry them, she has no towel. And she has to like walk across the kitchen and get the towel. And it was just like this funny little annoyance she was saying but it shed light on the things you learn about your partner when you live with them but more so that's like the littlest funniest way that she would want to tweak him like hey don't do this with the hand towel do this and women do that women do that i have done stuff like that honestly the most ridiculous thing women do honestly look at what you do on a daily basis like your kid might be splashing the hose of water outside too much and you're like hey stop splashing that water too much you're trying to control what they do with the water with the hose outside And I've actually seen that happen. I've witnessed it with my eyes. And in the moment, I'm like, why are we trying to control a child in how they play with water while they're outside? Maybe when you're in the kitchen, that's like a little more valid. But whatever, my point is that we all have done and we all do this stupid control shit in our house, with our partners, with children, And that is just the absolute need for the ego to feel an authority over someone else, in my opinion. It loves to point out the flaws in other people just to avoid looking and facing the flaws in yourself. Why else do you criticize your partner so much? It's because when you or your child, it's because when you are criticizing them, you feel a little bit better about yourself and your own flaws. It's you get a little bit, you get a little relief from feeling the ways you don't feel you measure up. Like you must feel so hard on yourself that you want to be hard on other people. Now this is just kind of a tangent, but when we try to nitpick and criticize and control other people it's our ego needing to feel authority over someone else and why why does it need to feel authority over someone else 
maybe because the more we point the finger, the more we can distract them from looking at our inadequacies. So maybe it's the fear of your child or your spouse naming and saying your inadequacies. So the more time you point your finger and the more time you spend criticizing someone else, they can't be criticizing you. You're beating them to the punch. And so maybe it's the fear of them actually noticing your flaws and how uncomfortable other people noticing and spelling out your flaws is. How shameful that is and how that feels. But we do that to other people. We do that to our child or or our spouse. If we could just try on the feelings of what we do to other people. If you nitpick your spouse and how they cook or if they dry the dishes right or not, how would you feel if they did that to you? So then it just goes down to the golden rule of treat them how you want to be treated. I was once around someone who was kind of controlling her husband's sparkling water consumption. And I admit, I've had, I've kind of done it, I think. <laughs> I don't, I've blocked it out from my memory. Um, I was around someone who was criticizing and trying to control how many sparkling waters, how many LaCroix her husband was drinking. And I like made a joke to her and she's like, well, I'm the one that goes to the grocery store and buys it. And then when he's out in two days, I have to go buy it and whatever, whatever her reasoning was. I just made a joke that she's controlling his LaCroix consumption. Like, do we want someone criticizing our sparkling water consumption? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't. I mean, I don't want that. And so for me, that was my biggest wake-up call. Like, I have done some stupid, stupid shit towards my husband in the past. Like, when I was vegan, trying to get him to be vegan, you know, trying to convert him. That sort of thing. And, like, it took me years to realize if he did the stuff to me that I do to him, I would be out. I would be done. I would be done. So... What gives me the right to do that to him if I wouldn't allow him to do it to me? It's so messed up. Okay, so there are many ways to control. And we all try to control. Another huge way people try to control is maybe your diet or exercise. My husband used to do bodybuilding competitions years ago. And I think that's how he utilized his control issues. He could control his exercise and his diet, and he controlled and manipulated that so much to create a specific physique. His body then became this certain way, this look, to then compete in a bodybuilding show. And all, all of that is control. All of that is control. And the fear underneath people who, you know, eat so perfect or you know, have to exercise, obviously the fear that is ruling them is because if I don't, I will get fat. And then that means blank, which probably means they are not worthy. If, if they're fat, if they turn fat, then they're not worthy 
or they're slob or they're lazy. Shoot, back up, back up. When I was talking about controlling your partner, if we want to control them, it's from the deep fear of them abandoning us or them betraying us, them rejecting us. Those are the huge, big, deep monster fears under control when we're trying to control our partner. A simple example is say you want to control who your spouse talks to at a Christmas party. Like you don't want them talking to the young, attractive person in fear of blank. You're trying to control who they talk to at a party. You want to control their conversations or who they talk to or what they, you want to control them so that your greatest fear of betrayal doesn't happen. So that's the root of jealousy, in my opinion. Okay, so we all know how we control. And obviously, I urge you to do even more observation and self-reflection on your day-to-day, who you're trying to control, what you're trying to control, for what fear are you trying to prevent. But what is the opposite of control? The opposite of control is surrender and it's trust. But how do we put that into action? I love the book, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And in it, there's, it says something about you can pray to surrender your mind to God. And of course you can. That's an amazing prayer to say, God, change my perspective on this. God, please try to take these fears away from me. Please alleviate these fears. That's an awesome prayer to have. But I just don't think it's quite realistic to pray for some miracle that your fears will just dissipate or your need to control will just dissipate. I like to be a realist sometimes and say that's just not based in reality. So how do you do an action of surrender? In my opinion, it's accepting that your ego will always want control. Accepting that your ego will always continuously feed you fears. It's always future projecting. It's always thinking the worst case scenario of every single thing you encounter. It will always feed you fears and will always want control because control makes it feel safe. I don't think that is going anywhere. So it's accepting that that's what will always be happening in your body. That's what your mind will always be doing. But your action can change. You can sit there observing how your mind wants to control the situation. You can sit there observing all the fears in your mind. But it all comes down to whether you take action on it or not. And then that's how you know whether you're a slave to your ego, you're a slave to your fear, or the master. So surrendering a situation doesn't necessarily mean that you're just going to stop thinking about it. I don't think that's realistic. I think trying to surrender a situation means you will still think about it, and maybe obsessively, and you still might fear about it. But you will change your behavior. You will change your action. 
So an example to, to illustrate this is, and it is my life, my fertility journey. I haven't gotten pregnant in many years. I personally think that me trying to control the situation would have been going to science. And I could, you know, change my mind in the future. But right now I'm saying my need to control my fertility with the fear of me never getting pregnant, that never happening for me, that control could have led me to do science like IVF to get me the result I want, to control that, to prevent my greatest fear from happening. But I realized that I want trust and I want surrender because that feels better. And I want what feels better. What feels better is trusting that everything is working for my benefit. So surrendering is the harder route, maybe in some ways. It's the harder route for the ego, but it's the feel better route. I just, I just want to be more peaceful. I just want to be more happy. So I chose to surrender my fertility in a way. You know, I, I learned a million other things that have helped me, like my blood sugar and doing fertility awareness method where I take my temperature every morning. And so I get to watch my fertility every day. Like I get to watch them fertile. And so I've, you know, grown and opened and changed in, in many ways. But me surrendering this doesn't mean I have less thoughts about it. I think about it all the time. It doesn't mean I have less thoughts about it. But I didn't let myself take the full reins of control and then go the science route. And this is just my opinion. Like I'm not dogging on people listening to this that are choosing the science route. But for me, surrender meant letting go of control. I still think about fertility and babies and everything all the time. And I have a fear that creeps up once in a while that's like, what if I never get what I want? What if I never get what I want? That, that pops up because I have an ego and that's its job. But for me, surrender was with my action. And it's that I didn't go to Western medicine and make it happen. So with people pleasing, if you are a people pleaser, you will have urges to want to please people. I don't think that urge will fully go away. It could lessen with intensity for sure. But you will always have like the urge or the feeling or the thought to want to abandon yourself to please someone else. But it's whether you do it or not. It's whether you do the behavior. It's all about the action. So you still have the thoughts. You still have the urges. You still have the feelings. But you have surrendered because your action, your behavior changed. That's what it's all about. And no, you won't be perfect. You won't be perfect, okay? There is no perfection in any of this. Let go of that label. So we can try to get to a space of greater contentment and peace if we're a super, super controlling person. 
When we accept that our ego will always want to control and our ego will always be feeding us these fears. But we don't have to do anything about it. You can just watch it. You can just observe it. You can be its master. Being a slave to the ego is believing everything it says and then acting according to whatever it says. So if your ego is feeding you lies, which, you know, 100% chance it is, if it's feeding you lies and then you take action to try to prevent your fears by controlling the situation, you are then acting out of fear and you are living in fear. And now you don't have to be hard on yourself and start shaming yourself for how you live in fear and how controlling you are. You don't have to do that. You can just wake up tomorrow with a clean slate and try to do a little better than yesterday. You don't need to dive into the past and look at how insanely controlling and fearful you were. I mean, you can if it's going to help you with self-reflection, of course. But shaming yourself to get yourself to change doesn't work. So I just want to encourage you to try to find a minute of solitude and try to imagine what surrendering your situation that you thought of earlier in the episode, what that would look like or what would that feel like. And take note of how uncomfortable it is that the ego doesn't want to surrender. Of course it doesn't. I'm going to leave you with a quote that I love. It's very simple. It says, When we let go of control, spirit has space to work magic.